Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. Welcome all you intellectual idiots to part two of Libservative's three-part project, on graphic packaging and its alleged poisoning of the city of Kalamazoo, Michigan. I, as always, am Dan Griffin. In part one, you heard from the lead activist and class action lawsuit guru, Brandy Crawford. And if you missed it, we recommend that you go back and check it out prior to listening to part two. Brandy's take on the situation is that not only is graphic packaging polluting the air in pockets of the Kalamazoo area, to the point of causing long-term health issues to lower-income residents, but she thinks it may be to such a level that short-term acute illness may be taking place. Brandy is using her full wrath as an activist to get the word out to the media, government officials, and anyone else who will listen and hold the feet of graphic packaging to the fire. This brings us to part two, which you'll hear today. Our second interview was with a man we're calling Redditor Scott. After reaching out in the Kalamazoo subreddit about graphic packaging, Scott was one of many responses we received. He has a bit of a different take on the situation and how it could be handled than Brandy. If Scott had his druthers, things would be handled quote-unquote in-house for the time being. And we admit his arguments are quite compelling. Redditor Scott has worked in the public and private sector with a BS in environmental science specializing in hazardous materials. So his request for anonymity has been respected. I can assure you all today that we still have no idea who he actually is. But we respect his request for anonymity because he is a local to the city of Kalamazoo and he works in the field. Now I know what many of you may be thinking. If he remains anonymous, how can you possibly verify his credentials? The simple answer is that we can't. But what we found most profound wasn't so much his knowledge, which is interesting enough on its face, but his reaction to the reporting on the matter, given his knowledge. That'll make sense as you make your way through the interview. And not just the reporting on the matter of graphic packaging in Kalamazoo, but all environmental disasters and problems nationwide. How taking these stories national may not always be the best thing for the affected community for a multitude of reasons. I know Corey, Bell, and myself enjoyed the perspective and the conversation. So I'll shut up now. Without any further ado, here is Redditor Scott. All right, so we bring in, uh, I guess we're calling him Scott in quotation, the, uh, the, the, the random Redditor. I guess, Scott, our, our first question for you is, uh, like, just tell us, what are your credentials? 
So again, my BS environmental science, um, been working about 10 or so years. I'm about your guys' age. I know you were contemplating whether I was a woman or a male or, or whatever the other day. Um, but I am about uh, probably around your guys' age. Um, and I've worked, uh, both public private sector. Um, I'd say my specialty is more in hazardous materials. Uh, but I've also worked in, uh, wastewater, drinking water. Again, those are kind of two separate things. Um, I did conservation for a little, that was actually like the first thing I did. Um, but I just kind of listed it and there's a couple other small things. It's a very broad, uh, you know, field. Okay. Um, you can like work in this like, you know, 60 years and never touch certain things. Um, so it's, it's very broad. I'm sure you ask me in 10 other years, I'll have another list of things that I've hopefully done, but, or, or had my hands in, uh, but that's kind of, uh, my background in a quick second. And so, uh, Scott has, uh, requested to remain anonymous and, uh, we've definitely can, can respect that. Just happy to have him on and, and talk to us. Um, so Scott, the, the, the reason for, for anybody who doesn't know about the, the Reddit exchange, this is how, uh, Corey and, myself and and Scott got got to this interview uh, is that Scott it seems like you are upset or I don't know if the upset's the right word but you have some qualms with uh status quo ourselves maybe even some other outlets um regarding this developing story of graphics packaging allegedly at this point uh poisoning a, a swath of Kalamazoo Michigan via large amounts of air pollution and possibly other means. So I guess the, the question is like what what's the beef with the reporting that, that you have to this point? So I guess my main beef with it is that, you know, on one hand, like environmental issues have become important I think to the average person, right? So you're getting a lot more engagement. Um and I think overall that's a good thing. Uh the issue is that, you know, we have this we have a truth, right? Like, obviously, I think Corey, you were talking about yesterday about fundamentally, we probably agree um, on a lot of things. The issue is that a lot of times the way people, um, you know, kind of explain those things or the their conclusions or what they think is the root cause, um, I think it generates a lot of confusion um, that actually causes a lot of uh, damage and harm. Uh, so you have groups, maybe not like you guys, I, mean, I don't think you don't know how big you guys are exactly, but I assume status quo is a little bit bigger. Uh, some of those other outlets, um, they kind of go into these communities and the way in which they kind of uh, talk about it, um, I just really disagree with. You know, they a lot of times uh, kind of deflect a little bit and we'll talk about this kind of deflect a little bit away sometimes um, into conspiracy, kind of deflect a little bit. Um, into maybe, hey, here's a truth, but uh, you know, if someone didn't get sick, like I don't know, five people died, or people have been sick for weeks or something, just like kind of exaggerating it. I don't think it's necessarily helpful, um, and so that's that's kind of more or less one of my qualms. Um, and then it just kind of generates a lot of fear and confusion, I think, like in the communities, um, and especially people like from outside. And I'll talk about Flint a little bit later, I think, because uh, there's some things I heard yesterday uh, during yesterday's. Uh, um, show that you guys had um, that I kind of want to get into as well. Um, but just kind of those reasons why I think it's not the best way to go about it. So I guess the way I would follow that up is, you know, you use, you use the term conspiracy. Uh, this, this is a term that I think a lot of people view to be a very different term than maybe some others would. It's kind of, uh, <laughs> it's kind of gone off the rails as far as what it, uh, what its definition is really since probably the 2016 presidential election. So I guess 
what what would be an example for you of of something that you think might be harmful or conspiratorial that uh, maybe not us because again we've said multiple times we're not really journalists we're just here trying to have the conversation but maybe some of these other publications are thrown out there that maybe we've picked up on and, and you don't like so far. I guess a lot of it is, um, you know, like the whole definition of a conspiracy is it's like there's this organization or there's a group of people or a system that more or less um, is conspiring, you know, behind closed doors or away from the public eye um, and doing things that are wrong. Um, so, like, let me give you a good example. This is and you, you kind of parroted this a little bit. I'll be honest, that first, um, you know, show you guys did where I replied that when you start talking about East Palestine at the beginning, that that was that was a <laughs> that was a no go for me, okay? Because um, one of the first conspiracies that kind of came from that um, there was a TikTok, um, and basically it was it took a letter from the EPA um, and basically came out um, and said that uh, the EPA was you know doing a, a the controlled burn is really not a good term for it. I mean it was a disaster that turned into like oh shit we got to do something about this. Um, and it tried to spin it in a way that it's, oh, it's the EPA, um, you know, we're, we're trying to help out Norfolk Southern or somehow they never talk about Norfolk Southern. They start talking about the EPA. Um, it actually led to um, the moderators of our Ohio actually closing um, off to a uh, to a moderated uh, like not a sub, but it's like a like a moderated post, essentially. Um, and that was one of the things that kind of kicked it off. So when you kind of start with that, that's kind of like one of the early conspiracy theories about that, right? There's this EPA that's actually doing these things. Um, and, and I can go to a list, by the way, you, I heard your question the other yesterday about the whole conspiracy thing. I actually wrote a list <laughs> of, uh, of conspiracies. Maybe we can get into, um, you know, specifically, but I think that's kind of more what I'm talking about. It's just this idea that people start going down these rabbit holes that you know maybe start as a truth and then end up becoming misleading and false the further and further down you go. We typically on the show try it a lot of times. Uh, like don't chalk anything up to what is it? Don't chalk it up to don't don't chalk anything up to nefarious activity that can easily be explained by stupidity. Yeah, I actually wrote that down. <laughs> yeah, we uh, like we've actually like we followed that one a little bit. We did try to go down some rabbit holes, like uh, for example, with when we talk about the EPA, they they don't they went through a third party called Tetra Tech for doing a lot of their uh, their monitoring and stuff like that. Well, Tetra Tech is a company that was from California that just a short like six years ago, I think, out in California, they two guys went to jail because they were uh, making false documents for an army base in California. And now, and so us, when we look at that, it's you kind of side eye it. It's like, uh, is this just complete incompetence, or is this I'm actually trying to use someone who you could say would play ball? And it's just like the kind of conversations we have on things like that. And I can understand why you would say that that does sound conspiratorial, but it's like when we, yeah, I don't think that particularly is, but, but yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, so. That's, like that's, that's one of the main reasons I didn't want to, I wanted to talk to you because like when, when I read your comments, you know, originally, like, it looks like we fun like Dan said earlier, we fundamentally agree on the same things and do taken. And now this is the first time our show has taken on a very, very delicate like situation, like what's happening in Kalamazoo as serious as we are. And so we, we did expect missteps and things like that. But, uh, I guess 
the reason and, the, and we're used to people like trying to shout it not necessarily shout us down or disagree with us and stuff on like facebook and social media and most of the time it's like fake get, centrists <laughs> yeah we get we get fake centrists or like their name like you guys are oh, yeah, i'm not quite we sure don't what know. yet but you guys are talking about that but when people say like oh the absurdist we go well it sounds better than can you know like <laughs> You know, that, that is the most centrist name you guys could have picked ever. Like, I don't, you guys yeah. have only have yourselves. To it's a good point. We ain't changing it now, Scott. <laughs> and we're in this now. It's literally, and, and Corey, and you know, I, I heard you talking about being professional the other day and maybe, <laughs> like, cause you know, you guys have a bit of an off the cuff show. Um, you know, it's entertaining at the whole point. Um, you know, I think Dan, you're talking about yesterday about like how maybe if I thought or if I knew kind of coming into it, um, you know, the nature of your show, I might have a different perspective on it. And I think there's some truth to that, um, that I will admit, um, you know, but at the end of the day, it's just, I, mean, I don't, I've kind of forgot where I was going with this, but it's just kind of like where, like the whole, like, I'm not, it's kind of don't really know where you guys are coming from with this kind of stuff. Like, it's kind of hard to tell when people just kind of come in, um, you know, for like I, when you were like sending me messages, setting this up, I thought it was like some producer of the show. We are a three man operation, Scott. <laughs> and no, it was, just, it was just, I was like, no, it's just Corey, um, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, no, we really, we really like, we don't make a dime doing this. It's just, it's something that's, even though like, you know, like it's your local community in Kalamazoo, but we do live in Michigan. And I feel like that as Michigan is, we are part of the same community. And this is something that's, hitting our state and we love our state and it's something that we don't think should be happening here. You know, this is like the third or fourth city now that's had serious, you know, ecological disasters due to, you know, either whether it's neglect or incompetence by, you know, government's uh, institutions, whether it's just them not paying attention to dams up in, uh, oh, now I can't think of it, Midland or, you know, Benton Harbor or Flint or Kalamazoo, you know, like Detroit down in Brown, uh, Brownsville and Romulus and everything like that. It's things should be better, I guess. And it frustrates us. So I did want to kind of early on in the show, I wanted to kind of uh, just correct a couple things. Um, I, I have not edited my, uh, my comment at all because I didn't want to be accused of editing my comments or something like that. And you guys go on the show and like, that's not what it said earlier. So I haven't changed anything. Um, there are going to be a couple things you probably, obviously a couple things we disagree on. Um, but, uh, one thing I want I do want to call back is, you know, is the whole grifter thing. I don't think you guys are grifters. I don't think you guys are trying to make money off of that. Um, I perceived that and thought that kind of coming into it. Cause frankly, uh, a lot of people in this realm kind of are, um, so I do want to kind of take that back a little bit. I heck I'll even edit my comment later. If you guys would think that's all right. Um, uh, like not even change it, just write and edit underneath it but but i, I want to be as good faith as possible right like because i you know i do care about you know kind of what's going on out here um it's something that you know i actually you know i'm fortunate enough to have knowledge on um or at least hope i think i have knowledge on um but it's you know it's important to me um so i do want to make sure i clear some of those things up oh, and that's one of the reasons why i even reached out to because like i was saying in the original in the original post it was clear that you do care about this and if we're going to be coming into this and wanting to talk to everyone about this, then just because someone doesn't agree with us personally, we're still on the same team at the end of the day. And that when it comes to something like this, like the more voices and the more people that are talking about it, I think ultimately will help the community. And on Reddit or social media in general, most people will just call us chuds and never talk to us again. Oh, so. man, I, miss, <laughs> I, miss, 
I missed the opportunity for to say chud. You did. No, someone, someone actually messaged us and said, stay out of Kaizoo, you chuds. <laughs> it, was, it was just you and that other oh, you person. Guys, you guys might want to be careful. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, these Kalamazoo people. Yeah, they're all yeah, well. They, they're all pissed. I'd be they, pissed. They all leave the farmers market, you know, with a with a coffee in hand, and all pissed off. <laughs> like, so right now you have the microphone. Um, I guess in the most like in the best way you can explain exactly what is happening in Kalamazoo as you see it. And, yeah, as you see and it, I and see what it. is going on. Yeah. Uh, so Kalamazoo, um, relatively speaking, even compared to Detroit. Um, has a long history of environmental um, issues. Uh, for example, I don't know if you ever heard of an EPA Superfund site. Um, essentially, it's a, yeah, so Detroit area has four. Um, massive city, um, you know, it's Wayne County itself has four, um, almost one and a half million people living um, in Wayne County. And I guess I should probably check that up. I don't know ex- how many people it's down to now, um, but it's about about only about four sites. Within the, like, couple miles of that this graphics packaging site there's five yeah and uh, so so because we will be posting this for someone who doesn't know what a super button fight site site is and if I, if i don't get this perfect then uh you know correct me but it's basically an area that the epa deems as a priority for a cleanup yeah. for like waste and yes. Yeah. And things like that. Yeah. Yeah. The sites I'm talking them. about, they're called a national priority site. So yes, yeah, like you said, uh, more or less it's, um, there's a regulation called CERCLA. Um, essentially it's what CERCLA does is it determines liability, uh, for, you know, environmental cleanups and things like that. Um, and a lot of the Superfund sites, those are sites that, uh, you know, some guy in 1935 dumped a bunch of barrels on and they're all dead and, so now the EPA and the taxpayers on the you know has to foot the bill essentially to clean it up because there's no one to go to. Um, now this is kind of changing because Circle is not new by any means, um, and so companies are still around now. Uh, when the EPA and Circle comes around and says, "Hey, you gotta, you're liable for you know basically all the shit that you've been doing," um, and so you're kind of seeing that a little bit. And with graphics packaging, uh, they make cardboard essentially. They make packaging um you know kalamazoo is a uh, former i mean still is uh you know it's a paper mill town um and pretty much all the sites are based off of you know paper waste from paper mills pcbs uh pfas yes. that you yeah, have say PFAS, um, yeah. i lost yeah i was uh running around about four years ago because we lost water because we didn't have like literally they found pfas um in the water they didn't have water for like a week um in the parchment area which is right across the river um, but basically what's going on with graphics packaging is there's part of what's kind of keeping it going for a while is there's always been a little bit of ambiguity because there's so much, um, ecological issues, environmental issues in the area. You have basically a massive wastewater plant right next door to graphics packaging. Um, so for many decades, there was kind of a back and forth of no, it's the, you know, no, it's the wastewater plant or no, it's graphics packaging. Um, I saw that in the and, comments too, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so there's there's kind of been a bit of confusion on that, which I think has caused this issue to maybe persist longer than it needs to. Um, but a, a big thing with graphics packaging is that um, essentially there's a lot that you, you know what it is. There's a lot of smells essentially coming from this. I don't, have you guys been there yet and smelled? No, nope. so we're actually going there this weekend just to get a look for ourselves. 
yeah, now I on Wednesday I did go down and actually drove drove around uh, the plant. Um, and uh, unfortunately I couldn't I couldn't smell the, there's two smells. There's a definitive like like hot like burning paper smell. And then the smell that most people are talking about, there's a second smell. It smells like a like almost like a rotten broccoli, I guess is the best way I've heard it described. Oh, like when you used um, to drive down uh, 96 to the airport. I guess yeah, when you're from the east or 94, yeah, from the east side where yeah. we're coming from, yeah. And essentially, they've kind of they've they've in the last four or five years they've kind of like been able to scientifically pinpoint yes, it's graphic packaging. Um, and my issue with graphic packaging is that. Uh, you know, I work in the field and I actually, you know, when I've had EPA audits, um, you know, I've had the EPA visit facilities because they do random audits, um, you know, and and there's a way that you deal with that and a certain level of professionalism. And you can there there are some companies that at the end of the day, companies are driven by a profit motive. Right. But there are some companies, you know, there are some of them are have people that, you know, care about the system. Some they have um, more of a reason to be environmentally compliant. Graphics packaging is not. No. Yeah. And we looked into them a little bit. And like, we, I think we mentioned it in the show yesterday that like, we've even reached out for comment. Yeah. We actually reached out to them and they, they're not going to answer us. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Like, um, like we, say we reached year. out for comment though. Right. Yeah. Like last, and, the third quarter of last year, they spent uh, 15 million on stock repurchases knowing that they had yeah. all these issues happening, you know, and things yeah. like that piss us off. <laughs> yeah. And, and by the way, you know, one good thing, even if I don't agree with you guys, it, media coverage, I can tell you right now, I've, I've worked for big companies that they don't give a shit about the fines. No, they don't, they don't care. They care about themselves being in the media. Mm-hmm. They hate that. I mean, it's literally their worst nightmare. Like, make me pay $100,000, $200,000. Keep this you know, hush, having, hush, yeah. Yeah, keep it hush hush. They don't, they don't like that. And graphics packaging is kind of in the last maybe about a year or so. There's actually a consent order on them now that was released um, in October of 2022. Um, so it's kind of falling apart at this point. Um, but they've they're basically, you know, it's kind of the end is kind of coming. Things are coming to roost essentially. Um, Which is a, a, yeah. We're, so we're kind of coming in almost on the uh, the tide of the, the turning of the tide almost. Yeah, essentially what's going on. There's no more bullshit about, you know, it's this, you know, it's, it's wastewater plan. It's this thing. No, it's, it's them. Um, you know, we have the data to back it up. Um, you talked about hydrogen sulfide. The EPA also did a, a check on, they found high formaldehyde levels, um, all, all sorts of stuff, essentially. Um, and one thing you could really tell, I mean, some companies just, they get themselves into a hole and they start having issues. Graphics packaging like is basically doesn't give a shit. Okay. Like basically when they, they had a spill, this is a separate thing that, uh, that they had about a couple months ago, they actually had a sump overflow and they spilled 1500 gallons of industrial wastewater, uh, into the Kalamazoo river. Um, and now I've, I've had to write letters, you know, to the EPA, to Eagle. Eagle is really it, the, the teeth that really belong to Eagle. Um, environment department of environmental great lakes and energy that's who actually has the teeth in this situation um and basically they came out to the media and graphics packaging said oh yeah this is a minor incident uh not a big deal nothing to uh, see not here. taking it seriously like and i could tell you like there are companies that i work for i would be fired for saying that 
I think a lot of that is is kind of the 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 onus that we that we put on the EPA to begin with is that like it almost seems like and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, but the, the way the way it's reported and and what we always see is that like whether you're talking about East Palestine or you're talking about this, it it always seems like where's the where's the follow up from the EPA? Yeah, so I can I can send you guys a consent order. Um, they actually have a consent order right now. Uh, they got fines, and really, it's not the fines that are going to cost some money. They're going to have to spend millions of dollars upgrading their systems, their air permitting. They're basically, they got fined by the air quality department. Um, and they basically made a list of you shall um, add this system to your wastewater system. You shall do this. You shall add this carbon filter to your boiler. Um, and that's where the, the real pain is going to kind of come from financially for them. It's they are going to be legally held to actually putting these things in. And they have until December 31st of 2023 uh, to complete the items on this consent order, essentially. Okay, so it sounds like there is follow-up from the EPA, yeah. but the measures are so unsexy that you don't, that's yeah. the part you well, don't hear about. You know what I said? The EPA, they're, they're fucking lawyers. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> okay, they're, they're fucking lawyers. Sense to me. <laughs> like, they don't, they don't do frills. They don't send things out because if, you know, if the EPA is out there just trying to make a big show of it, that could cost them legally. You know, it could it could shut down their case. Um, you know, a judge could say that. You know, where basically EPA is targeting them, so they have to be very careful. They can't show like the level of like. There's people that care there, um, and there's incompetence as well. Um, <laughs> there's well, people that try to show there. like a level of non bias kind of thing. Yes, and- correct, correct, and it's just very, very like dry <laughs> bureaucracy. <laughs> it's oh god. <laughs> um, yeah, so it you see that a lot. And the problem is is that this stuff is all public. But to be honest, it's kind of hard to like I know where to find it. Like I've I've pulled up this consent order and everything, but if you don't know like what the hell acronym you're supposed to be looking for when you're looking for this consent order, like the average person's not going to know how to find this. So they're just left sitting in Kalamazoo smelling rotten broccoli all day. Um, you know, basically not realizing that there's consent orders, that there's things going on. Uh, Corey, I saw you uh, make a comment, your first comment on Reddit. Um, a guy in Kalamazoo was saying they were talking to the uh, Michigan Department of uh, MDDHS, right? Michigan yeah. Department of and Health I and Human Services. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Michigan Department it. of Health and Human Services. Yep. Um, Michigan Department of Health. Yes. Um, but, you know, they were essentially complaining that they were giving like a presentation and they weren't like, doing anything. And I'm sitting here like, well, yes, <laughs> that's not their job. <laughs> that's not what they, that's not what they do. Eagle's the one who's doing things. Essentially the EPA kind of is in and out the fed in the state of Michigan. Eagle is a fairly strong, um, robust organization compared to other States. Cause it actually go, it actually has regulations greater than EPA. Um, and they're really the ones that do the actual auditing and, and uh, actual, um, corrective mm-hmm. actions. Yeah, so the th- that's it. Almost seems like I don't know if it's if it's other journalists that are that are covering this, whether it's laziness or it, like you said, these things can be difficult to find. And like most journalists aren't, they're kind of jacks of all trades and masters of nothing. Um, so I mean, maybe I'm giving status quo a little bit too much credit here, but is there a possibility that it's even a pain in the ass for people like Jordan to find? I, I assume Jordan's somebody from Status Quo. Yeah, he's Jordan Sheridan. Yeah, he's my the top, yeah. my issue with my issue with status quo is mostly how they kind of do their ground based, um, you know, interaction with the community. They come down there. If you saw, I did have a comment in that Reddit post as well. My first comment, I have two comments in there. 
And someone had mentioned, oh, is it going to be like status quo? You know, yeah, you were like, I hope not. (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, You mean the people that talk to some somebody who has it runs an MLM out of their, you know, basement and like says that, you know, I have like it's like anti vax level like, you know, descriptions. And again, it's not necessarily false, but it's like it's the reason why you don't take like witness statements as a sole like, you know, thing in a case, right? And I, I think say, things yeah. get lost when you do that. And so they're not really looking, at least for my, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I need to look at what they do more. Um, but they, it seems like they do a lot of the anecdotal bar type conversations with these people instead of looking at, um, you know, what is the EPA doing? What is Norfolk Southern doing in that particular scenario? Um, and I just, I just have a lot of issues with it. Um, I told you guys that they shut down the, uh, they basically had heavily moderate the Ohio sub, uh, because of a lot of stuff coming in from TikTok and things like that. Um, and if you, uh, and a lot of those people that felt like it was being, the subreddit was covering it up, they made a uh, subreddit called East Palestine train, right? East Palestine, I guess is what it is in Ohio, but East Palestine train, um, in the top, uh, if you go to the, if you go there, they're number one. Um, post is uh, I believe it's from status coup and it basically is saying, you know, it's basically, in, it talks only about the EPA. It only talks negatively about the EPA. It doesn't really mention Norfolk Southern. You go into the comments, top comments are all, um, you know, the EPA is like in cahoots with uh, Norfolk Southern. And like, I can sit here and I can tell you that the EPA is not a perfect institution. They're run by people. There's incompetence. There's bloated bureaucracy. Um, but it is like a conspiracy theory when you're saying like, Hey, like they're like in the pockets of like Norfolk Southern and they're just let them do whatever. And there's like no, nothing to back it up. And I see that all the time. Yeah. I think, I think we think it's more incompetence. We, uh, but w- like when we talk about the, the EPA on our show, whether it's regards to this or with regards to any, any of these, we, uh, I guess we just want to bring in all the, all the possibilities. Like, is it, you know, possible that they're in cahoots for some reason, even if it's improbable. I mean, I guess it probably is possible. So we like to kind of get all of those things out there. Um, yeah, sometimes we get a little hyperbolic, Scott. I'll, I'll admit that. <laughs> um, but I, the one thing I was going to ask you about with regards to to the way status quo reports, like the anecdotes, I guess being from the area and really understanding the situation as well as you do, I can totally understand why that would be something frustrating to you and to others in the community. Um, I guess the only pushback I would have is that in our experience, anecdotes, while they may not prove anything, they really tend to be the thing that kind of gets people listening and caring about a story that's particularly one that's outside of their community more. They make things, they make things more accessible in real. Like, I mean, if you, if you like an example, you know, what, what, what would draw you in more, the, you know, the raw number of 4,400 plus Americans losing their lives in the Iraq war or the story of the soldier who died from an IED explosion on the same day his son is born, you know, and, and maybe it's a little dishonest, but I feel like the tugging at the heartstrings kind of storytelling really tends to get more people interested in what's going on. I mean, I guess that's, <laughs> I mean, you're kind of making my point for me. You know, it, it, to me, it's kind of dishonest. You're like, well, I guess it's a little bit. It can yeah, be. It, it it can be. Okay, yes. Like, like I would rather like, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to make a, you know, a story that tugs at the heartstrings or are you going to just like stick to the facts and the truth when you have them? 
And I, and I, and I understand you guys are a smaller, you know, smaller group, but you know, we live in, in a time where, you know, people are going away from cable. People are going away from things. I have a family member who is, you know, very, 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 very conservative. And he's starting to get his news, you know, not from Fox news, not from all these things, but he's not anywhere. Yeah. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> around Joe Rogan, you know, Daily Wire is basically doing, you know, these friggin' it's basically streaming now. It's that's where it's all moving. And people do come to you guys um, because they're interested in these topics and they assume. And I think a lot of people, you know, if they don't really know much about it, they assume that you guys, you know, having, you know, appearing very, you know, and I, and I don't think you guys are bad faith or anything, but they, they, they kind of respect your, your voice being viewers. And, they'll take those things to heart. And if what you're saying isn't true, then they're being deceived. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's helpful. And I can go into some other examples why I don't think it's helpful. I think Flint's a good one. Um, we could talk about, but I, I just don't, I don't see it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one thing we try to make clear <laughs> is that we're just here to start the conversation. We're not experts. I think we, maybe we should do it more often because Scott, you didn't catch it the first time maybe as well as, as well as we would have liked you to. Um, so, I mean, that, that's a good critique. But, you know, he might also be right, Dan. We might, there might be a responsibility that we have that we haven't had fully materialized in front of our faces as we do this. Yeah, I agree with Corey. Yeah, no. you, know, <laughs> you know, yeah, no, it's, and that's why I, uh, another reason why, like, like, we combated on Reddit, but I still was like, well, we got to talk to him. You know, like we got to, if we're, if we want to have this responsibility and do this stuff, then we got to get as many like input from people on this to get, try to just get it right. Yeah. Cause a lot of people on that Reddit and, and I think Kalamazoo has a fairly active Reddit for it's the size of town it is. Yeah. I was surprised, um, I in, I've lived in bigger cities that have like, that are three times the population that have half the amount of, you know, input on their subreddit that are basically just dead. Um, so it's a fairly active one. You know, and people like they saw your post and, you know, they're, they're interested, right? They're interested because this is something that they deal with. And my fear is that like me, like, you know, I have a different circumstances where it's like, maybe I have a little bit of inside knowledge, um, you know, based on what I can kind of read into how graphics packaging acts and being able to find information that may be more difficult to find for somebody who's not used to digging up that type of information, um, you know, off of like Eagle or, um, you know, the Department of uh, Health and Human Services. But it just seems like, um, you know, those people, they might not realize those things, so they come to you guys, right? And so when I hear things that aren't necessarily right, I know that there's people listening and they're kind of taking those things to heart, right? And I think that affects that affects the community how the community views it. And it's I don't think that's a good thing if the community has a false interpretation of what's actually impacting them. No, I I think that's fair. And and like and Scott too, like that's that's one of the other reasons that we had you on because we have no problem admitting that we're wrong. Like we have no problem. And in fact, we try to do it weekly when we come on. We don't do it every week. But something that we may have fucked up from the from the show before, new something new comes out, we we make a, a conscious effort to correct that. Yeah, sloppy normally, seconds. It's, it's normally, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say yeah, wrong state, the wrong name of something. Something. But, Corey, uh, Corey, you got to be more of an asshole on your Reddit thing. So. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> no, no, I know. I, just, <laughs> I know, and that's a dead Bell. Like Bell always tells me, that I'm just too fucking nice. He's like, you're too nice. He's like, you're too <laughs> nice. <laughs> 
Yeah, but then if Bell and I were, but if Bell and I are on there, we'd 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 turn people off and turn people away, and because we can be assholes. Scott wouldn't be here without. Yeah, that's true. Bricks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, Scott, you mentioned you wanted to. You mentioned you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Flint. That one seems like another one that. Uh, so, uh, what's your what's your deal on I, that one? I think my main deal with Flint, um, it, it was just kind of a timing of some comments you guys were making, and it got this. I, I would like to spend some time on my the reasons why I think. I, I'm gonna be honest. This is kind of millennial, like Joe Rogan over here, <laughs> you know. And it's like, hey, man, I'm just asking questions. Um, and like, for example, like, uh, like Flint, like you said, Flint doesn't have clean drinking water. Flint has clean drinking water. Um, uh, actually, that's you know, still, as of 2021. Uh, like not everywhere though. I, I do have to push back on that. Um, Charlie LaDuff was actually just in Flint like two weeks ago and the, uh, like in their city hall, the, the, uh, what the drinking fountains are still covered. Uh, there, there was a report that an article that just came out, I think, uh, you know, actually it might be roughly at this point, it might be six to a year, six months to a year ago, roughly. And like, uh, this, it was a, the big local news story that this school was finally able to start drinking water again. And like, there's still like, uh, like I don't have the stuff in front of me, but like, there's still like pockets and stuff like that, where there's some people that are still being affected by things like this. Yeah. I, the thing is, I, you know, I do a quick Google search and this big yes pops up on my screen. And <laughs> like, I, and this is also why, you know, kind of earlier, like in your guys' conversation yesterday, you know, you're talking about, um, you got, you guys kind of started talking about Flint and it just disappeared off my screen. Hold on. I'm having some issues here. Um, so the, the whole, that's, that's kind of my problem with it is like, you guys were talking about like when I talk about I don't want this to be a national news story, right? I think that was a Dan. I think that was like a really good question. Yeah, yeah, it was a question. Stream. Um, and the reason I don't want it to be a national news story is because you look at Flint and you see places like Detroit, Toledo, Kalamazoo, even Jackson, um, kind of having resurgences and they're downtown slightly. They're still um, they're still having issues. Like Flint has not been able to recover because in part because they just went through the absolute ringer through the through the media. And essentially it's a blessing and a curse, right? It's a blessing that they got so much attention and they were able to get some justice, right? Uh not all of it. Um, uh, but they were able to get some justice. Um and but the issue is that that negative attention, you look at any conversation anywhere online or anywhere, whether it's Reddit, Facebook, people still talk negatively about Flint and people don't want to go to Flint. And they've, as a result, in my opinion, it's not the best way to go about it. The best way to go about it is if we could fix the issue uh, without it being you know, a thing that people talk about for the next 30 years as a reason why no one wants to move back there. And I'm concerned about Kalamazoo becoming that same issue is no one, no one wants to go to Kalamazoo now. Because 20 years ago, everyone said it smelled like shit and it's got all these issues when maybe the reality is that, you know, we've, we've gotten better and we've done better, but we're still lying under that curse of all that negative media attention. So like, I, yeah. So see, that's, that is an interesting perspective that somebody who's not from the area could, wouldn't think about. So like. That's that's a perspective we appreciate, Scott. Like, well, why wouldn't because you think on the outside, like, well, why wouldn't people want this to be a national story? People pay attention to it. Maybe it gets fixed. But coming at it from that angle, 
something that I certainly never would have thought about not being from an area where this is affected, or at least not that I know of at this point in my life. Uh, and, and same with Corey. So that is certainly a perspective we can, we can appreciate and like try to relate to as, as we move forward. Yeah. No, it actually makes like a lot of sense. Yeah. Because even if it gets fixed, the stigma will still stick. Yeah. Like it would have been better for Flint if they were able to resolve the issue before it got to that point. And that's why I hope we are able to resolve the issue before, you know, even if it gets fixed, we're still dealing with the reputation of that, you know, going, you know, for years and years and years. Right. Right. Someone can easily pop in, make the story, make a quick buck, completely forget about it. And then you guys, are, even if you guys, this issue, even if it helps him, even if that helps fix the issue. Yeah. I did a search and there's, there are no national, there are pretty much no national media articles um, on what's going on in Michigan. Now there's quite a bit from the, from things in the state. Like you said, yeah, MLive, MLive, yeah. a ton on this. Um, they've been following it pretty closely. Um, now kind of outside groups are kind of getting involved for better or for worse. Um, I think, I think uh, MLive does a pretty good job of covering it, um, you know, without sensationalizing it. Um, but I, but I really do hope that, you know, my, my, if anybody from Kalamazoo is listening, Basically, if we, you know, you protest and you need to put pressure on graphics packaging, you know, their consent order basically says you figure your shit out before December 31st of 2023. You know, if we're sitting out here in freaking January or February or, well, it's Kalamazoo, I don't know why you'd be sitting out there, but, um, you know, if in the summer and it smells like shit, like people need, that's when people need to get angry. Right. <laughs> they've, yeah, had oh, order. they've been told what they need to do. They've been fined. They've been told that, hey, any additional fines now will carry additional fines on top of those fines per day. Like that that's kind of gonna be my, where my breaking point's at essentially is if they don't get this stuff figured out by the end of the consent order, that that's in my opinion, that would be a very big problem. You might need to actually start it, that's when they should almost go national. Yeah. Yeah. So Scott, from your perspective, um, how harmful do you do you think this is to the residents of Kalamazoo? And then, you know, speaking of speaking of some of those uh, conspiratorial things, I've even wow. seen this floated out there in, in certain places that it, it might be more widespread than we think it is as far as health issues go. Uh, can you speak to that at all? Yeah. Um, why? Is, that's a hard question. Because I yeah, guess what are, what, are people say, what are people saying? I guess it's widespread. I mean, it's pretty subjective. Basically, yeah. Basically, you got to understand that you're going to come here and there's a, some hi- there's some hills in Kalamazoo and these gases and things that smell, they follow the Valley essentially and follow the river. Like they don't just like spread out like equidistant. Um, and basically these were all former paper mill towns. Um, so there's a lot of old housing that has become essentially, you know, it's, it's lower middle class at best. Um, and it basically follows the Kalamazoo river, uh, both North and South, uh, because it follows North from Kalamazoo, but it actually comes from uh, the uh, it flows uh, west into Kalamazoo. So it's Kalamazoo is kind of on like an L of the river and graphics packaging is not too far from that L. So it kind of, when the EPA did their study, they basically did it from the fairgrounds um, basically up into parchment, Michigan, which is another town just North. So they basically followed the river um, and then they actually did like a perimeter um, assessment basically around all of North Kalamazoo um, and then everything pretty much on the east side of the river. 
um, up to the hill that's kind of on the river. Because when you go up that first hill on the east side of the river, it basically kind of stops typically. So that's kind of like the geographic area. I don't think it's really, I don't think it's really expanded. Um, I've been living here since 2018. Um, the same areas that smelled like shit five years ago are the same areas that smell like shit today, more or less. Um, and so that's kind of my look on it. Now, how harmful it is. Uh, the bit, the big thing is, you know, hydrogen sulfide and these chemicals, it, it typically, it, it, it's not going to harm you if like you're a healthy individual, like it's not acutely hazardous, but if you live in these areas and you have asthma, um, or you have breathing issues or you have heart issues in your elderly, those are the people who it's going to affect and people who are living there basically, uh, 20, 30 years, um, is essentially, you know, kind of the people it's really going to affect. So what about, um, you know, one of the, one of the, I believe one of the comments that I made that you took a little umbrage with from yeah. a, a couple of uh, episodes ago, this idea that these gases are now spreading into more affluent areas and now suddenly yeah. those people are becoming sick. I mean, what's, what's your take on that given your experience and just being in the area? I guess I just kind of disagree with that assessment. Um, and I think it's just kind of an unnecessary statement more or less that, I mean, that kind of basically, boils it down. I mean, you go, you'll go to the river, the North side is, you know, historically, um, not wealthy. It's historically African-American, um, you know, redlined, um, all sorts of issues. Uh, the East end is kind of, if you go to any city, the East side of any city is almost always like poor rust belt, maybe not quite a little bit more ethnically diverse, like not straight black, not straight white. Um, and it's usually post-industrial because they built a lot of, even to Detroit, they build the factories on the east side literally because the they waterways. The well, they didn't want the emissions. I'm talking about the east side of any city. Um, they build them on the east side of any city because the emissions typically in the United States follow the wind, obviously, and the wind goes from west to east. Um, and so, you know, the days before, you know, good environmental regulations, um, they just stuck them all on the east side of the, of the, of the state. And that's why if you go to east side of the states, our east side of town. And so that's why if you go to Kalamazoo or you go to really any city, um, typically the poorest areas, um, are the north and the east side. Um, the west side is usually the more affluent side. Um, and I don't, I just don't think it's really affecting those areas. Um, I lived, um, further up Gall Road, up the hill, kind of, in an apartment, you know, an apartment complex in 2018. And I do a lot of running. Um, you know, I would do eight, nine, 10 mile runs. Um, and I would, you know, go through neighborhoods and there's not one time in like a nice neighborhood I ever smelled this, right? It's, it's in the valley, in the east side, along the river, in the north side. So, I guess where the hell is that coming from then? <laughs> like, it's I, like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> you tell me. All right. I, like, I don't know. People just uh, because because environmental racism is a real thing, mm -hmm. right? Um, we would agree. And yeah, and I think that, and, and it's, that's kind of where I just caution people: like, just stick to the fucking facts. Mm -hmm. Like, don't stop getting off on these things where it's, you don't necessarily know if it's true. You, you have everything, you know, hydrogen sulfide's bad, you know, formaldehyde's bad. You're not supposed to breathe that shit in. Um, it doesn't matter if it hits, um, like, you know, there's limits, right? You guys were talking about limits. Those limits don't really matter if you're breathing that in for 20 or 30 years. Okay. Like those limits are built for like acute exposures. Right. Typically, um, they aren't really taking into account 
the average person who's like been living in Kalamazoo 30 years, breathing in what, according to the EPA or the government, is safe. Okay, safe exposure for like eight hours a day or something. You know, <laughs> you know, right. what I mean? it's not, it's not really, and people don't understand, and the media, people don't know, rarely anybody understands that. Um, that's why but, I like to use quotes when I say safe amounts because I don't, I no, honestly don't know what the hell that means. Um, it, and it's very confusing because every government organization that deals with chemicals, they don't fucking agree. <laughs> right. And they, and if they do agree, like they're going after different things, like OSHA has limits, but they're literally based on like an eight hour workday. They don't care about, OSHA doesn't care about where people live. They care about the workspace. That's their the EPA job. doesn't, the EPA doesn't, they're basing their limits off of literally how these materials are infecting the environment. So they're going to have a different perspective on limits. Uh, Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, they are going to deal more with you know, people. So I would probably, if you're going to go after a limit, you want to definitely go after whatever they're saying, uh, more or less, because theirs is going to be the most relevant, I guess. But I will oftentimes everywhere, even in like AP Reuters, like things that are supposed to be like the top end of most factual news, you'll see them like reference like an OSHA limit for like an exposure to people who live in a city, right? It makes no sense. It, I think sometimes it is. I think sometimes it literally just is. They don't quite understand or they Google what the limit is. And that's the first thing that pops up you know, and they throw it into their article. You know what it's I mean? It's almost like how many cigarettes are uh, the, like this quote unquote safe amount to smoke in your lifetime before yeah. you get lung cancer. Uh, <laughs> I know. It's like, well, who knows? <laughs> yeah. I mean, exactly. it could be different for everyone. hundred <clears throat> percent. Uh, I don't think, I, I don't know if I had a whole lot more Corey. I, I don't know if you have any. Um, no, I honestly, I just wanted to basically get his, uh, his take on it. I think this conversation was pretty fruitful. Yeah, I mean, I guess what I would say is uh, we honestly, Scott, like we, we appreciate the critique, both of the way that, you know, we we talk about something like this, especially knowing that it's something that is in your community is an, and is important to you. And then setting the record straight, you know, as you see it, I'm sure there's going to be people that listen to this that aren't going to believe you, but that's that's how it is with anything. So, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, we I mean, we appreciate having you on. I, I don't know if there's anything you wanted to close with, Scott, we'll give you the floor. Oh boy, I got so confused for a while. I'm like, who the fuck is Scott? Oh, right, that's me. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, not particularly. I mean, I just, I, I guess, you know, I, I think I saw another Redditor actually posted um, another reply to you guys like it, a couple days ago, maybe. I, I don't think it, it was kind of later. I actually didn't see it till today. Um, but it was kind of just kind of, I kind of agreed with the sentiment of it's kind of the reason why I'm more or less here. It's just kind of that idea that i'm seeing you know a lot of people who understand the truth you know i think want to say the truth but don't know how to you know put it in a way that is articulate it the way they articulate it it it, it makes it a little bit misleading and so that's 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 my only thing like you're asking me you're asking you know why why do i think you're a conspiracy theorist well it's like and and I'm not saying like you know, like you're just exclusively a conspiracy theorist. I just I just feel like sometimes people when you get into these types of streams where it's like the Joe Rogan experience, like I'm just asking questions, it just leads to that constantly. Like yesterday when you guys came onto your show, um, you started out by saying, Yeah, I just talked to a lady, I have no reason not to believe her. Uh she said, you know, people went out and to Kalamazoo and they came back and they were sick for weeks. And I'm like, What? 
Right. Well, that's the, like, thing I, is, like, well, that's the thing is like, I mean, she could be full of shit, but like, I mean, I guess we'll go, I guess we'll, you know, that might be but, what they told her. And she, yeah. But you know, like, but like, hear me out. Like you say that. And then <laughs> this is what kind of got me yesterday. It was like the whole, well, you know, he wants, you kind of say it's about how I want to be anonymous. And you're like, well, maybe he works for graphics packaging. <laughs> yeah, or, we were just and I'm like, what we the were fuck, just man? Like, <laughs> it's been like a minute, like in the span of a minute, you're like, hey, like, yeah, this lady, I have no reason not to believe her. You know, she said these people, like, you know, their dicks fucking fell off and what? all this shit. And then it's like, but then for me, it's like, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe he works for graphics packaging. That, you know? and it's that like, I man, hope dude. you under that. I hope <laughs> you understand. We were just having fun. <laughs> I, 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 but I feel like people hear that, though. And yeah. the people that listen to you guys, they go, yeah, Dan's kind of got a point. <laughs> you know, like you got to say, like people like, you know, I came on here. You know, and and I obviously had some misconceptions about you that I, you know that I I hope I can clear up that I've mm-hmm. cleared up a little bit. Um, but people also have those misconceptions, and you know, whereas in your mis in my misconceptions I disagreed with you, and their misconceptions they agree with you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and like I think that's awesome why we you know it just had you on in the first place, right? Because we could have easily just gone back and forth on Reddit. You know, it's way easier to sound like a complete asshole <laughs> behind a keyboard. You know, but then you actually get somebody behind a microphone or on a telephone and actually yeah. like talk about it a little bit. And like, here we are. I feel like we're friends now. <laughs> yeah, you just have we just have to, you know, teach Corey about, you know, how to drink a Long Island because apparently he's never had one. So I'll pour him one the next time he's at the, okay. at the house playing pool. I'll make like him tea. one. It'd be like good. Tea. It's not tea. Never mind. <laughs> And we'd like to give another special thanks to Redditor Scott for joining us on part two of our series on graphic packaging and its uh, alleged poisoning of Kalamazoo. Please join us for all of our live streams on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. You'll catch us on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Once we come back from our hiatus on July 26th, don't worry, we'll be sure to remind you in part number three, which you will catch next week, where Corey and I sit down and just discuss these two interviews, uh, how we feel about them, um, and really try to give them a, a, a little bit of, of perspective uh, as far as how we see them and how we plan to perhaps cover this story as well as other stories like it uh, moving forward. Um, So we just ask that you please tell one friend as podcasts grow best, especially ones like ours that are small and and upstarts, they grow best through word of mouth. And please help us ride ride those algorithms by leaving us a quick review. It really does help, even if you think it doesn't. And until part three for Bell the Body Snatcher and Corey Walsh, I, as always, have been Dan Griffin, and we are out of here. We the people cannot turn back.